Thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information about Grace Hill, follow us on social media at gracehill901 or visit gracehill901.com. So there is this, uh, this little Broadway musical. You guys may or may not heard of it. It's pretty obscure. It's been around for a couple of years. It's, it's a musical called Hamilton. Any, anybody heard of this? This really, yeah, obscure musical. Um, there, there's a song in the musical, and, and I've only listened to the soundtrack to this musical 437 million times every day on the way to school, in the car line, uh, with my kids. Uh, and, and there's a line, and it jumped out to me uh, this week, actually. is the first time I heard this line. And this line, it was so profound, and it said this. It said, for the first time, I'm thinking past tomorrow. For the first time, I'm thinking past tomorrow. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes it's hard as a parent just to think past today. Just to think past uh, this afternoon. Just to think past, okay, after church today, we've got to get everybody together. We've got to, you know, like it, it's hard enough sometimes to just think past today, let alone think past tomorrow, let alone think past the future. But one of my greatest fears that I have as a parent, if you, if you peel the layers back and you really dug down deep, one of the greatest fears that I have as a parent is that I'll raise my children in a godly home, They'll attend church, you know, all the times the church doors were open. I'll connect them in community. We'll safeguard their, their soul and their spirit. We'll nurture them as best as we can. We'll do all the, quote, right things. And then they'll leave my home after the 936 weeks. They'll leave my home. And they'll turn their back on what the faith I thought that they had. They'll, they'll turn their back on the things that I thought that they had embraced, the things that I thought that they were committed to. And, and what I want to challenge you, I'm challenging myself, I'm challenging every parent, every grandparent, like we said last week, every step-in parent, fill-in-the-gap parent. What I'm challenging everyone with this one simple idea today is everything can change for tomorrow if you'll imagine the end today. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Everything will change for tomorrow if you'll imagine the end today. You see, in this series, 936, 936, we're talking about the 936 weeks that we have from the time your child or your grandchild is born until the time they graduate high school and leave your home and step off into the, again, quote, real world. And God has entrusted you and God has entrusted this church to do everything that we can to make a lasting impact on that generation, to make a lasting impact on these 936 weeks that we have with those kids in our home and those kids that, man, bomb our hallways every single week. And it's an incredible privilege. But we have to begin to think past today because if we'll imagine the end, it will change what we're able to do tomorrow. 
It will change the outcome of tomorrow. And our text that we've been in, and we're going to remain in this text for the next several weeks, is Deuteronomy 6. And so if you have your Bible or you want to follow along in your Bible app, you can do that this morning. If you open up the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, you can open it up. Go to the bottom right corner where it says more, and you're going to get another window that pops up, and it's going to say events. Click on that. Find Grace Hill Church. Make sure your location services are turned on. I had somebody come up to me last week, and they're like, hey, it's never there. Like, you say this every week, and it's never there. And I said, well, is your location services turned on? They said, no. I said, well, that's it, fine. You know, they know. They know you're here. And so you got to make sure your location services are turned on. Uh, but if you'll click Grace Hill Church on there, you'll get all the sermon notes, the scripture, all the announcements today are all right there. And this passage of scripture in Deuteronomy 6 is this message from Moses This is actually the last message before he dies that he's giving to the people before they cross over into the promised land. And this text picks up, and it's, and it again, back to verse 1. Last week, we kind of jumped right into the middle of it. This week, we're going to go back to the beginning of Deuteronomy 6. And, and it's just kind of a wake-up call when you read it. Moses writes these words. He says, these, he says this, These are the commands and the decrees and the laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you. These are the commands, the decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you. To observe in the land that you were crossing the Jordan to possess. And then if you're taking notes, if you're highlighting in your app, if you're doing you know, that kind of thing this morning, highlight, underline, circle these words. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord our God. As long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. You see, what Moses was doing here in this passage of Scripture, what he was beginning to to launch out uh, with right here is he was equipping a new generation. He was equipping a new generation of people that were following God. He was equipping them to enter into and claim the promised land. And he knew that when they were going to step over into the promised land, after they had been waiting and wandering and hoping and longing for the promise of God to become complete, this new generation was about to step into the promised land. And this would be a place of great triumph but also a place of great temptation for these people. And what Moses is trying to do is he's trying to to lift their eyes beyond themselves, beyond themselves as individuals, and begin to look out into the future and say, hey, this is for you, this is for your children, and this is for their children, so that you may fear the Lord. You see, Moses was equipping, he was preparing a new generation for a new context of how they were going to live their life. He was preparing a new generation to step into a new season, a new environment, a new context. The old was going to go. The way that God had provided for the past was no longer going to be the way that God was going to provide for them for the future. What they had grown up knowing, these people had grown up knowing as they wandered through the desert, hoping and waiting for the promised land, was now going to be very, very different once they crossed over into the promised land. The battles and the struggles and the heartache and the, the events 
that they went through as they waited and as they wandered were no longer going to look like the battles and the struggles and what they were going to deal with as they stepped into the promised land. Moses was preparing this new generation of people that were following God for a new context of how they were going to live their life. And isn't that so much like parenting? It's so much like parenting that we, we work and we labor and what we try to do when they, when they get to 936 weeks and they enter into this, this stage where they leave our home and they go into a different context, it looks completely different than anything that they've ever been in before in their life. And maybe right now, your goal it's to get them into the best school that you can get them into. It's to get them on the best team that you can get them into. It's, it's to help them get the best grades that they can possibly get right now. And all that is good. Every bit of that is great. And I applaud you and champion you for making the sacrifices and making the commitments that you do for your children to set them up for that in the future. But here's the question. Is that the ultimate goal for parenting? Is that the ultimate goal for us as parents, as grandparents, as step-in parents, as fill-the-gap parents? Is when they get to the end of the 936 weeks and they're, are they prepared to step into a new context? And what have we done as a home? And what have we done as a church to prepare them for that? What if we shifted the metric just a little bit? What if we shifted the goal? What if the goal became for us as parents to do everything? What if the goal became for us as a church to do everything we can so that when they leave the house, they will do what Moses was imploring and hoping and praying would happen? What if the metric was when they left the house that they would continue to fear the Lord? Now, this is not a scary boogeyman kind of fear when you read that. Don't, don't read that. This is not a scary boogeyman. Hey, there's, you know, there's, God's going to get you. You know, it's not that kind of fear. This is a holy, reverent fear. This is a fear that without God, we would not be able to accomplish what we're accomplishing. This is a fear that knowing that every good thing that we have has come from him and him alone. Here's what I know about you and for me. Is all of our kids and all of our grandkids, when they get to the end of the 936 weeks, they will have a different resume on their high school diploma, won't they? Some of our kids, man, we'll be celebrating just because they, they, they walked the aisle. I mean, we're, man, they finally made it. Some of our kids will be celebrating because their GPA got them a full scholarship to an out-of-state school. Some of us will be celebrating those kids because they worked so hard and they, they, they crossed the finish line and they accomplished so much. But here's what I know. If you're a follower of Jesus, is that no matter where your kids end up at the end of 936 weeks, there is not a parent, there is not a grandparent, there is not a step-in parent in this room that wouldn't say, man, I hope they fear the Lord. I hope they fear the Lord when they drive off and the back of their windshield says, Old Miss Bound, glory be to God, and it's just the greatest day in your family's life. 
but I hope that they fear the Lord. And as somebody who went to Ole Miss, I can promise you, if that's the goal, you better pray. You better pray they fear the Lord when they, when they drive out of that driveway, if that's going to happen. But we have to begin as parents, as grandparents, as step-in parents. We have to begin with a so-that mentality. If we don't begin with that, if we don't interrupt the process now wherever you are with a so that mentality, we're liable to get to the end of 936 weeks and it's liable to be a oh no mentality. Oh no, we've spun our wheels for the last 936 weeks as we looked last week. Over prioritizing things that ultimately don't matter and prioritizing uh, under prioritizing things that do. I want every one of our parents Every one of our grandparents, every one of our step-in parents, every one of our influencers that are at this church to begin to interrupt your weeks wherever you are in this journey right now with a so-that mentality. You know, I believe in the power of a question. I believe sometimes an, an, an unanswered question that I can ask from the stage is more powerful than just giving you an answer. So how would you fill in the blank for this question? It's going to be on the screen. I'm parenting the way I am today so that my children and their children may blank tomorrow. How would you fill that gap in? Would it be so that they can have a better future than mine? Again, great thing. So that they can have more toys than I had? Again, man, that's a great thing. So that they can maybe have more less college debt than I had. And so I'm trying to do everything I can to keep them out of that pit. Man, great thing. How would you fill in the blank? Because here's what I know to be true. Is that a hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter in your child's life and in your children's children's life, the only thing that will matter a hundred years from now is their faith in Jesus Christ. The GPA that they got, that they took with them out of these 936 weeks and into the next phase of their life, that won't matter in 100 years. But what will matter is their faith in Jesus. And what we're going to continue to see in the series, all through the series, we're going to continue to see that God laid out for parents, for grandparents, for step-in parents, for fill-the-gap parents, that you are the primary kingdom builders for the future of the kingdom of God. He has given you more time. He has given you more access. He has given you more influence. He has given you more responsibility. And like we said last week, and I want to emphasize it again this week, it has to start at home. Why? Because when we know how much time we have left, when we begin with the end in mind, we tend to make the most of the time that we have now. Moses says these words, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God. What an incredible legacy that would be. To know that a generation that you may never even see had faith in God.
because of the lasting impact that you made on your children's lives today. What an incredible legacy for this church as we think about our future and we think about what God has called us to do, that we'll sacrifice everything we can't keep to make a lasting impact on a generation that we may not see. What an incredible legacy that the payoff, the win, the the goal of our faith, of our generosity, of our serving, of our giving, of our laboring, of our attending, What if it was to be fully realized for a generation that we may not see? So this all sounds, you know, maybe good. It's like, hey, that's challenging, but but so what? Like, what are we doing, you know, maybe as a church? What are we doing as a church to try to help parents take this step and own this and embrace this and take these steps? Well, one of those really practical steps that we have as a church is our parent-child dedication called Embrace. Many of you have gone through it. Many of you have attended as grandparents, and it is an incredibly powerful event to try to help parents realize and grandparents realize this is the time that we have left, and we want to make the most time, most of the time that we have now. Watch this short video, just talking a little bit and getting a glimpse of Embrace. Hey Grace Hill, my name is Kelly Stockdale and I'm the Next Gen Director here. We are so excited to be celebrating Embrace, our parent-child dedication, and it's going to be coming up soon. At Embrace, we ask parents to make a commitment to these three things. One, we ask them to embrace their child. We want them to not focus on what their child will do one day, but more about who they want their child to become. Secondly, we ask them to embrace their church. We want them to know that this is a partnership, that you don't have to do parenting alone, that we're here to journey with you. And then lastly, we ask them to embrace their calling. We want them to know how important it is that they are the primary influencer of faith and character in their child's life. For more information about Embrace, you can visit gracehill901.com embrace. So at Embrace, we ask parents to do this. It's, it's the highlight of the night. If you've been through Embrace, it's the moment that you walk in and you see the tissues on the table and you're like, why are the tissues there? And then you get to this point in the night and we call it simply imagine the end. That's what we call it. And around the tables all over the room, there's family, there's grandmothers, there's grandparents, there's aunts, there's uncles, there's cousins, there's next-door neighbors, there's friends. And they, and they gather around these parents and these, these children. Some of them are, are babies. Some of them are young elementary kids. And what we ask parents to do is we ask them to write a prayer and frame it up in this context of imagining the end. Not what they want their child to do when they hit 936 weeks but who they want their child to become. We we ask parents to think about and begin to think about the end now so that it can impact where they are today. And I just want to read a few of the Imagine the Ends, just clips. I mean, these are, most parents will write an entire page or page and a half of this prayer, and we print it and we give it to them, and they keep it as a keepsake. But I just want to read just a couple of lines from a few of the Imagine the Ends that have, that have happened over the last couple of years. This is just a few. I'm just going to read them. Uh, they're, they're all from different people, all from different children. 
But listen to the power of these simple lines. We pray that you will bring godly friends and role models into her life. Another one says this, as you grow, we hope that you are a man of your word and that others know that they can come to you and share your strength. Another parent wrote, I pray that you see love modeled in our home and from that you learn how to love. Another parent wrote, my prayer is that your kindness, joy, and love overflow from your commitment to Christ. And the last one is this, be wise. Man, if we prayed one prayer for our kids every single day, would wisdom not be the prayer that we would want to pray over them as they try to navigate the social struggles and the life that they have in front of them? It says, be wise. We pray that you have the insight to understand that when it is the hardest to turn to God, it is often the most critical time to do so. And what I want to challenge every parent, every grandparent, every influencer that's here today is to take half an hour at some point today or tomorrow. Don't, don't, I'm not going to say this week because you'll forget about it. Take a half, a half hour today or tomorrow. And it doesn't matter if your kids are grown and gone. They've already left the house. It doesn't matter if you've got someone that's got 900, you're, you're sitting at 934 weeks. I mean, you're right around the corner from, from, from them graduating high school. Take a moment and and write that prayer. And I'll say this, even if you're not a parent yet, what a powerful way to begin your parenting journey that's coming in the future by starting now and saying, we want to imagine the end so that God can begin to shape our heart and our life now. Everything can change for tomorrow if you'll imagine the end today. You see, imagining the end... Uh, of the 936 weeks helps us not miss the moments today or tomorrow that impact a child's faith. Imagining the end of the 936 weeks today helps us focus on what's important, not just what's urgent. Imagining the end of the 936 weeks today helps us determine that no matter what team, school, grades, friendships, accomplishments our children have, the framework for their life is built on Fearing the Lord. Imagining the end of the 936 weeks helps us trust God for the future while we trust God in the middle of today so that they may fear the Lord. Now the last thing I want to speak to this morning before we bring the worship team back up is this. I said it earlier that one of my greatest fears as a parent It's to raise my children in a godly home, to do all the right things, to have them in church every time the doors are open, to send them on all the trips, all the camps, all the everything. And then when they get to the end of the 936 weeks, they they turn and they walk and they leave their faith that I thought and their mom thought that they had. And there are some of you in this room today, you, you might have been that kid. You might have been that kid and you found your way back and I'm thankful for that, but there are I know are many parents in the room today who you are living with and you are struggling with and you are wrestling with that pain. And whether it was at week zero or whether it was at week 500 or whether it was at week 237, somewhere along the way you made a commitment, hey, we're going to do things as best as we know how. 
We're going to try to do everything we can to raise our child in a godly home. We're going to try to do everything we can to give them a faith for the future. And when push came to shove, they turned and they left and they walked away. And you have wrestled with and struggled with pain and guilt over did I do enough? And what I want to say into your life today and and, and into your heart today is you are not a failure. You are not a failure because your child turned an adult and made their own decisions. And you may still be wrestling through that guilt and you still may be wrestling through that heartache, but that does not mean that you are a failure as a parent. You see, I'm 30, I'll be 38 in September. By September, I will have a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old at home. I was raised in a Christian home. I, I never really did a lot of wandering. I never really put my parents through that, although my mom would stay up late for me and not you know, shut the house down until I got home. It was kind of her way to put a guilt trip on me to make sure I got home early enough. But as a parent, I, I can't sit in your shoes because I'm not there yet. And so this week I called a family in our church who I know is wrestled through that and they've struggled with that. And it's been a question mark from, for them. And I said, help me understand how I can help the people that are in the life of our church who might be struggling with that. And, and what they said was so profound and, and I just want to pass it along. They said this, even though they may have walked away from a faith community, we know that they haven't forgotten the Lord. Because the seeds that were sown, the prayers that we prayed, the scripture that was memorized, the environment that we placed them in, they may have turned their back or walked away temporarily from a faith community, but we know that they have not forgotten the Lord. And they told me that they have to just simply trust God for their future. That even though it brings some pain and they pray for that they'll return to faith, they'll pray that they'll engage in a faith community one day, maybe, maybe when they have children, they'll see their need again for faith. And they'll see their need again from, for God. And it was so helpful for me because you've heard me talk about this before. You know, we have a, a 414 window. You can Google this. I'm not going to get into all the data of it today. But we have a 414 window. That between the ages of 4 to 14, we have an opportunity right in the middle of those 936 weeks that the statistics show that there's a, the greatest chance for a child to come to faith between the ages of 4 and 14 years old. And here's what's powerful, though, about these numbers. Do you know the second highest chance for someone to come back to faith or come to faith in Jesus for the very first time? Do you know what the second highest percentage chance is when they have their first child? Because they realize they can't do it alone. They realize they, they need a faith community. They realize that they need uh, some help themselves. And so uh, what I want to say to everybody here today and, and just speak a little vision into our church is this. This is one of the reasons why we prioritize family ministry around here so much. It's not just because this morning we're likely to have 92 or 95 preschool and elementary kids coming around here and we got to do something with them. The reason we prioritize it is because it is an opportunity to make a dent for eternity in the kingdom of God. Because we have an opportunity to influence not only the children, but the parents that might be coming back to faith in Jesus.
And so if you're here and you're a parent, or you, I mean, you're a grandparent, or you're an empty nester, and you're thinking, man, I don't have a place here because they talk about kids' ministry all the time. They talk about student ministry all the time. They talk about family ministry all the time. I don't have a place here. Let me say this to you. You, you may sit back and you may say, what could I offer this church? And my challenge to you is this, and really for everybody, is what could you not offer this church? Especially if you're an older adult, an empty nester, a grandparent, especially if you have a child who's wandered away from the faith. Your wisdom and your influence and your knowledge and honestly, your sense of urgency as you look into the lives of these children and these students and the parents that come pick them up, you, you carry a completely different perspective than some of us who are just trying to figure out, okay, we've got to go, go to the grocery store because they've gone through all the milk again. They've gone through all the Cheetos again. They've gone through all the... You, you carry a completely different perspective than parents who are down in the middle of it. And so here's what I want to say to everybody who's an empty nester, an older adult, whether you've struggled with the fact that your kids have walked away from faith or your kids are sitting next to you and they never left. We need you. We need your influence, we need your wisdom, we need your resolve, we need you at this church more than ever. Let's pray together.